Connacht Rugby Podcast, first game of the season. Connacht have managed to get a win. Nice to get a win, nice to get a five-try bonus, but there's still things that didn't go quite so well. So here's um, myself and Danny and the in-match as to what happened during the game. OK, Danny, it's about what, five minutes before kick-off. We've got Connacht have just come off the field to... Uh, could have been a bit louder, I think. You know, But I think that's still a bit of a hangover from the World Cup last week for people. But um, perfect day for a game. Pitch is gorgeous as usual. I assume you're expecting a good win for Connacht. Yeah, I'd be expecting a victory for Connacht. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit flat at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd love Connacht to come out and, you know, score an early try, get the get the crowd going. Definitely a bit of a hangover. Um, uh, it'll be an interesting game. A lot of guys being given a chance. The, this new coaching ticket has come out, come in, made a lot of changes from say the last game of last season. Um, guys getting a chance, so uh, be interested to see how they go. Yeah, who are you looking forward to most? JJ for me, you? Uh, to, uh, I can't look past Ford. I'm just, I, I really can't wait to see how he does this season. Like just that match against Munster, he showed like he really stepped up. He's gone up a gear again. Yeah. And I really hope to see that comes through in the season. Okay, we'll talk again on 20 minutes and hopefully we'll have some, some good news and the crowd will be in a bit better form by then. Okay, Dan, 20 minutes gone. Connick Lee, 13-0. It's all looking good. Yeah, it's looking really impressive. Connacht have have, um, have come out the blocks. Um, they eased into the game, kicking two penalties, and um, yeah, they seem to be taking their chances. That you know they've come away each time, apart from that last twenty-two entry. Um, but they look pretty fluid. Uh, it's not absolutely perfect, but I guess it's the first game of the season, so it's never going to be perfect. But it's looking good. It certainly is. Blady with the first try after Tom Farrell who passed it to him. My thirty-three to one bet is now gone. But what can you do? It's 13-0. Okay, Danny, it's half-time. Connacht lead 27 points to 5. Slightly disappointing to let Ospreys in there just on the half-time break, but Caelan Blade, his third hat-trick of the year, <laughs> because he scored the other two in January and March, um, which puts him into third place in the all-time try scores for Connacht. He's passed out um, Kieran Marmion and Fionn Carr. He's only two behind Tiernan O'Halloran, so Wow. Yeah, I think he's been uh, paying attention to Marmion, who's doing pretty well over in Bristol. I think he's he's not far off scoring a try per game, so he's like, oh, I can't can't let him steal all the spotlight. So, uh, yeah, Blade's been playing well, uh, doing a lot of trail lines. Um, I'd like him to speed the ball up a bit because the Ospreys don't know what to do the second the, yeah. the, the rook speed's under three seconds. They just they seem completely lost uh, when, when uh, Connick speeded up. Um, yeah, a bit disappointed to let them in at the end, but a lot of positives from the first game of the season. Yeah, Carl Forrest going very well. You were interested, and I think he's been one of the star star attractions. Yeah, he made a fabulous break where the game kind of slowed down. The ball hit the ground from a poor pass, and Ford just out of nowhere just makes a break down the pitch and puts Blade away. Like I know Blade had a little bit of work to do, but it all came from Ford making that break, just completely catch, catching the Ospreys off. And he's defending, he's defending his accent as well. It's not just attack. Well, I think that's that's right across the board. It's the whole team that are defending very well. I'd be really impressed with their defence. Joe Joyce has put in some massive hits. Yeah, I don't, it was, that was the one I was looking for, and yeah. he's put in one hit. I don't know how that man's still alive yeah. after that hit. Yeah, Jesus. Like, well, he hit the 10 at one point very early on in the game, and he hasn't recovered. Yeah. He's all over the place. 
But it's it's not just Joyce. No. Uh, Jack Angers on it as well. Yeah, massively. But they're all they've all really put their hand up. Like, you know, if they can keep this up for the season, we're we're going to go well. Yeah. The, there seems to be a hard edge to Connacht this year that I haven't noticed before, and um, so maybe that's coming out of the the quality of the coaching that they're getting for some hard lads in the coaching system. So we'll talk again on 60 Minutes. Okay, Danny, we're just gone past 63 minutes. I did want to start this just before 60, but we've had three minutes of solid rugby there. Um, Connacht are leading 34-19, but they're not quite the same they were in the first half, are they? No, they've, they've, they've definitely taken the foot off the, the throat a little bit, and um, Ospreys are slowly, we're slowly growing into the game. Now, um, Colin Ford has gotten over and got the bonus point to take it just that little bit further away. Um, but with 20 minutes left, we really need to kind of shut this game out, get one more score, make sure we're firing up ahead, ahead that Ospreys can't fight back. Yeah, they've, they've definitely come in there. I see Jack Carter's come on, but he's come on at 15, not at 10. That's, a, that's fascinating. We'll have to wait and see how this plays out with uh, Connacht defending their own 22. We'll talk again on full time. Okay, Dan, Danny had to run because he had brought his, his uh, my grandson, his child, to, to his first match, so he had to run there at the end of the game. So now we've got Rob before he runs off. Rob, that was a, a bonus point win, but it seems very deflating at the end. Well, it was... Uh, it was Sorry, 34-26 final score. Yeah, I, I don't know at the end, but definitely, because at least they finished with a good defensive stand and made sure they didn't get two bonus points. Yeah. Um, and I think the Ospreys were abject for 35 minutes and then much much better so maybe we need to acknowledge that as well it was a very weird performance from the visitors Well, I think that was probably they, part what, of it part of it what I think for me was the fact that they figured out what we were doing and then we didn't change God where have we seen that before from mm, Team in Green absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> let's not go there um, yeah maybe but I also think their intensity was much better and their focus and their out half was having a dreadful game and Walsh comes on was much better yeah. their hooker was having a dreadful game yeah. and they changed that and they were much better so I think but at the same time too many times in the last three, four years we've watched Connacht yes. ship three, four tries like that in a very short period of time yeah. so it was very familiar I was just chatting to our friend Pete here and he was saying that but it is a bit familiar it is except that they kept it to two tries and they stopped it and then they scored themselves Keen Prendergast penalty yeah and then subsequent turnover after we didn't flip and find touch yeah yeah, um, yeah that was that was impressive so I guess you know the bottom line is Kyle Ford looks class yeah uh, Tom Ferrer looks really sharp I like to look at JJ Hanron the back line the back three there's so much talent there mm. uh, raw talent I like Kilgallen getting some runs now because I'm a big fan yep. Ralston looks really really good and we felt that last year we did. before we his did. injury against Newcastle wasn't it away when he was taken out yes ridiculously um, so I think we have a lot of options in the back line and then Joe Healy on Co-Coms was saying to me in the first half most of what was good in the first half was coming from the forwards as yes. in yes. it was huge performances from Hurley Langton from Butler mm-hmm. from Joyce who deserved his man the match yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. the business Jack Andrew I thought was superb Andrew was excellent yeah, yeah. great shout so and Dylan Tierney Martin was very good like so I, I think there's look at positive overall five points what's your stat we only have won one from six on the opening day absolutely so, absolutely yeah, that's we'll the first, that. first time we've ever beaten Ospreys with uh, Justin Chipperick starting at seven so there you ah. go there you go Another well, little stat. and he still was very good and he was the 34 excellent. year old oh, he, the offload he gave here in front of ah, us was stop. just oh, the oohs phenomenal phenomenal it was a weird game there was no real atmosphere I'm on the clan terrace for the first time in years doing a commentary there and I didn't I thought it was going to be way too noisy but it was kind of 
Nah, what could was, you get excited about, really? It was about as much atmosphere as it was in the Stade de France last night, yeah. to be honest. Um, we yeah. had no atmosphere. I think three o'clock afternoon, first game of the season, fans weren't sure what to do. Connacht took a big, huge lead, so which took the took the edge off the game. Then they went back, and then Connacht fans are going, "What the hell's going on?" But it's an opening after a long break since their last actual competitive or any game against yeah. Munster. So, in a scrappy start. If you can take five points, absolutely. And then, like, if you could sneak out a good solid win against Glasgow, get to nine. Yeah. And then you got that kind of must-win fixture against Ulster because yep. they've taken us here a few times. Mm-hmm. We took them up on Ravenhill. Yeah, yeah. There's huge opportunity, so we can be positive. But I think there's evidence there to suggest that it could go the other way. Yes. And it could be a couple of defeats coming if they don't tighten up. So I think they're going to be they're going to be analysing that. Williams in there talking to uh, Pete Wilkins. He'd be just delighted to get up and running, but. I just I don't think it's deflating at the end. I think it's it's kind of more it's more positive. Isn't it, isn't at the end it a nice isn't it a nice way yeah. to feel? We're sitting here, we're not exactly jumping through hoops because yeah. Connacht have won a bonus point try. We're complaining because Connacht only won with a bonus point try and let into let in a, a, a try bonus against themselves. So great to have that situation where great win, five points, lots to do. One more company uh, contribution for me. You've dropped one of those small little earbuds that you have on earphones there oh, and it's did. kind of giving me anxiety because <laughs> I always lose mine. I'm like, don't lose it! And I think All that's right. the most important contribution I can add to this podcast. <laughs> so that's me out. And as you heard at the end, Danny had, had disappeared and Rob finished off, wrapped up the match from his point of view before he had to rush off uh, after commentating for Galway Bay. And here's the post-match interviews we hear from Toby Flood, Keelan Giles from the Ospreys' point of view, and also Pete Wilkins and captain for the day, Caelan Blake. Toby, when we spoke on Thursday, uh, it struck me that you were very realistic about what you were expecting. Uh, And I suppose just before half-time, it looked really bad for the Ospreys. But the second-half performance, was that you said you wanted reactions when things happened, and that was a reaction. Yeah, adversity is part of, you know, growing and life and not just rugby, right? And um, we've been, Welsh rugby, the Ospreys, we've been through our fair share. And I'm just, whether you call it realistic, I just, you know, I think it's, I'm just honest about it, if I'm honest. There's two honest in that. Um, But, you know, we are, we want to be a group that sticks tightly together understands that it's not going to be straightforward uh, we'll find a way the best way we can whether that's how we train um, be specific uh, try and maintain a high self-belief and mood state in the group because all we've got is each other to, to help each other and you know that that's been tested over the last 12 months and I can only commend the players on how we've got to the start of this season with what they've done and how they've done it, the mindset, the stuff we've done to have fun, to enjoy ourselves, to, to repair the mentality of the squad. And I think that was the reason that you saw the reaction you did at half-time. I know that was a fairly long-winded answer, but it's important that people understand the context of what these guys have been through. And, yeah, we got punched on the nose in the first half, for sure. Um, and there's a lot for us to improve on. But the good thing is... If we're not committed and if you don't see what you see on the second half, then it's a it's a very long journey from there. But the fact that these guys have said, right, rolled up their sw- sleeve, showed a bit of resilience and an application and appetite for improvement, whether it be in the game and week by week, we're going to need all of that in order for us to be the best versions of ourselves, individually and collectively, and that's the aim. Did Connacht do anything today that really surprised you or was, was that a... 
It was a bit of an in-and-out performance by them first game of the season, but uh, in the first half in particular. But were you expecting something in the way they played? <clears throat> no, I think um, I think we expected them to be physical, um, and that's that's where I come out and done. Um, I think, like Boothie's just said, now I think we turned it around and we had a reaction that second half, and we fronted up a bit. Um, but yeah, I think we knew they were going to come with a physical physical pack, and we just knew that we had to stand in front of them and, and take it toe to toe. Pete, first game over. Um... Pretty much a game of two halves in some ways. Uh, Connacht were cruising 27-5, and then the Ospreys switched on. And uh, second half might stand to you in some ways with the amount of effort that went on, but what's the mood downstairs? Yeah, look, I, th- I think overall everyone's delighted to get a win. And, and I think to get a bonus point win at home in front of our fans... Um, I thought we played some really good rugby in that first half and, and probably looked uh, you know, some good examples of what sort of team we want to be this year. So I, I think that's really important. That gives us momentum, you know, full stop. I think that second half, the, the Ospreys came out with, with, with great intensity, great energy. I think on the back of that came great physicality and it forced us into, into some errors. It forced us into some ill-discipline. And um, in the end, it brought the scoreline closer together. So, yeah, a little bit disappointed with that, that second half. I think we'll look really closely at why that was. And, and I think, you know, huge credit has to go to the Ospreys for the way they, they turned around after half time. But also look at what could we have controlled in terms of, you know, was it our running game, our kicking game? Uh, was it just in terms of a bit of, of quicker organisation? That's something we'll look into. But, but hugely important to get a win first up. Yeah, it was a good fast start. Um, and obviously there was some slick plays. I mean, the, the centre partnership were running amok a couple of times. Really good, solid decision-making and passing. Uh, and I thought Joe Joyce, Jack Anger, they laid down a bit of a marker, particularly uh, Joe Joyce, a couple of hard tackles. So what was the mood at halftime? What were you thinking that how the second half would go. Do you see it ahead, or are you just thinking, well, we'll see how it goes? No, it's a really good question. I think for us, you know, you generally go in at half time when there's a scoreline like that, and you expect the opposition to come out stronger, and you expect them to respond, and they'll have gathered some thoughts and, um, and probably got a huge amount of motivation from, from Toby and his staff as well. So it's not that that, that bit of it's unseen. I think it's. Um, it's a balance because on the one hand your focus is very much on on staying on process and I, I know that can be a really boring statement to make but you know it's not to get carried away it's to stay on track with the things that were working well in the first half and doing the simple things really well but at the same time when you know the opposition are going to come out and, and probably with a greater intensity you've got to find a way of going up a gear as well so it's um you know it's a good problem to have you, you'd rather go in at half time with a decent lead but at the same time I just think we um you know, we, we probably kept trucking and, and the Ospreys came out at a higher level. So uh, I was pleased that we contained that and, and albeit we, we shipped a bit of water in terms of them um, them getting their tries. But, um, you know, ultimately we managed to, to manage to see it out. And I think that's another important lesson for us. Yeah, I alluded to at the start there. Will you, is there a gain from having to work that hard in defence rather than maybe just running away and, and doubling your score uh, that you'll have learned from that? even though there are fixes required because in a tighter game, 
the sort of upping of the pace by the opposition could be could be quite tricky. They could get a lot closer to you. Yeah, look, I think it's a good position to be in, you know, especially after round one where you, you can celebrate a decent win and, and you can celebrate some really good individual performances and, and some really positive moments in the game where you're saying, look, this is the sort of team we want to be this season and or at least this is a good example of us on the way to being that. Um, but at the same time, you're coming out of it saying, you know, we can we can work on certain things and we can get better. And, uh, you know, that's where it's crucial. I've just said the, the very thing to, to the lads in the change room there. You know, let's celebrate the win and, and let's let's acknowledge that we've got off to a decent start. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we've, we've got to dig in particularly to that second half and say what could we have controlled and what could we have done better? Because, um, you know, we'll have to be better next week against Glasgow in the sense that it will be a different type of challenge, not... not no disparagement on the Ospreys. I just think that um, it'll be a really different kind of challenge in terms of how the how the Glasgow attack and and you know they'll want their share of possession and um, we'll need to be better in order to handle that. So I think there'll be some great lessons out of that second half for us. Um, you know the key thing for us, I said it in advance of the game. You, you always have to be unbelievably physical to to be in the fight against an Osprey side. And as I said, I thought we did a good job of that first half, along with that urgency. And, and they came out and they fired their own shots. So so credit to them. Just as well, look at it. You know there was there were six debutants, uh, three started. Uh, JJ Hanrahan had a very competent start, six out of six off the tee. Um, looked well settled. I will say, um, you couldn't get a better day to kick at the sports ground. Um, <laughs> this is the one benign day of the season, probably. Um, but he was good, and that creates... And then Jack, unfortunately, how is his injury, by the way? He got a nasty old cut there. Yeah, Jack got a, a nasty laceration to, to the jaw there. It was an accidental boot just when he came out the back end of the tackle. And, um, yeah, he'll need some stitches, so he's gone off to hospital to get that seen to. But, but they'll patch him up and... Um, he was in decent spirits considering, but uh, yeah, he'll need a bit of work done on the face there. So he'll go off and get that. Um, you know, JJ was excellent. It's exactly the player that we knew we were recruiting, and um, it was the player that we've seen so far in pre-season. So <clears throat> I was uh, I was delighted for him, and uh, I think especially in front of our home fans to get off to that that kind of start for him personally and make that sort of statement. Um, you know, and, and we're in the position there. We're able to bring Jack off the bench, and it, it won't always be that way around, I'm sure. Um, but um, you know, disappointed for Jack, they didn't get that full 20 minutes to really show what he's got as well. And it, it would have been pretty exciting seeing the pair of them out there and, and trying to pull the strings, sort of from a running game, but also a kicking game perspective. Potentially, JJ could be a fullback if needed. Or? Look, we we know he can cover there, and, and certainly, you know, through his career. Um, you know, Munster and, and Dragons and Claremont, you know, he's had time, obviously his time at 10, but he's, he's had time at 12 and fullback as well. So it's an option for us. We've got, um, we've got, you know, a fair bit of utility around those back three players, which is great. But, you know, you see today that <clears throat> there'll be times when you need, um, you need guys to shuffle. So his value there will be really important. And the final one from me, you know, you're always looking for players, at, you know, early in the season, but Cottle Ford seems to have kicked on again. He, he was terrific, Forty. I think he's he's got better and better through pre-season, um, and and he's he's come good at the right time. And I was delighted for him tonight because <clears throat> he he really asserted himself on the opposition. And um, you know, I, I think uh, Carl is someone who does the basics really, really well in defence in terms of watching the ball and 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 being accurate around his decision making in defence. He's someone who's strong on the ball in attack and, and, you know, a quality catch pass and he can kick with that nice left foot. So there's a lot about him that, that can put him in that bracket of, of being a good, solid, you know, glue in the team. And, and some of the time that can, um, 
you know, not see him as a compliment. But for him to have that all-round competency is massive for us. And then you get days like today when he's beating defenders and getting out the back end of tackles and getting offloads and line breaks for himself. So the, the, we've got enormous excitement about what sort of player he can become over the course of the season and obviously in the seasons to come. But um, you know, for him to start so positively... You know, knowing we've got some pretty good 12s in the wings as well who are, uh, will be jumping at the bit for an opportunity as well. So really pleased for him. And, and you know, he's a key part of what we did well, particularly in the first half. Okay. Looking at the next week, um, the guys who didn't quite, weren't quite right, like said Connor and John Porch, are they, are they in any way likely to be available for next week? Or? Uh, they're possibles. Like a, a lot of those guys we're missing at the moment, they're in that kind of, or they were in that sort of two to three week bracket, you know, and, and a lot of the time it's just seeing how their uh, their training load goes across the week. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they can come back in. Connor's probably the more likely of those guys, but um, we'll, we'll assess them on Monday. And then you have the situation where you have a team that's, had a four try victory. There were goods, there were bads. But given it's eleven weeks, is there? How do you balance the temptation to stay with a winning fifteen as much as you can, with injuries allowing, and then rotating both to give players who are putting both to give players a, a chance to get match fitness, but also to prevent sort of like just natural wear and tear, just wearing players down. So six, seven weeks down the line, suddenly you have to make a load of changes. Mm, no, something for us to be be really cognizant of. I, I think there's almost for me there's a bit of a natural rhythm to these first probably seven games in the sense we've got the three home games you're probably looking at who's played well and, and rewarding those guys in performance Edinburgh away is a different type of game I, I think you need to pick a certain type of team and certain style of, of game plan to do well over away in Edinburgh certainly from, from previous experience so you know, there's a good opportunity to mix things up there and then we've got the, the South African trip which um, you know, in itself we're probably, you know, you're, you're taking maybe 28, 29 players over there so you, you're working with what you've got once you're over there and, and return for a really short turnaround against Leinster so in that sense I think you know, we'll look carefully at who's playing well in these first three games and then there'll be a na- bit of natural rotation as we get to some of those away blocks as well and Probably Andrew uh, came in from the sevens not really a position fullback's not really a position in the sevens <laughs> it's certainly not in the way it is in the 50s we'd seen him on the wing and he looked absolutely exciting and was something the fan- some of the fans were, were looking forward to see but 15 was that his call was that your call was it just circumstances dictated that you needed someone to play a fullback or what was the reasoning behind putting Andrew yeah, it was very much my call. I mean, we do have a, you know a couple of decent fifteens who are, who are out at the moment, and um, with Santiago and, and Porchy, who's, who's very capable there. Mac obviously can play there. Not not yet back from from his um, his break after the island duty. Um, Tiernan's on the return to fitness. He'll be he'll be ready in the next week or so. So, yeah, in terms of other options around there, I felt that um, you know Andrew was probably best fit, and and a lot of that is is what we've seen from him in pre-season in terms of the things he's shown that he's really really good at on the wing in terms of his communication, his catching a high balls, he's got a kicking game, obviously has a, a magnificent running game. So all of those bits gave us confidence he could do it in terms of skill set. It's then looking at what type of game do we expect from the Ospreys and, and what we expected was to get a fair amount of ball kicked at us and an opportunity to run it back around about that sort of 40, 50 metre line. So I think looking at what the opposition might give us as access points to the game, that's really important against a Glasgow or against an Ulster, um, you know, you might think think differently. Um, but I, I thought he did really well for a first run there today, and, and it's a little bit unfamiliar. I thought he did a great job, and um, we know his qualities on the wing anyway. But if he can provide us an option in certain games, then then that's brilliant at fullback as well. Are there any negatives in what you see perceive as negatives that really need fixing? In terms of the team performance, look, I, I think we need to dig into you know that ability to go up a gear in the second half. I think that's important for us. And so there's an element that, that Ospreys were always going to go up a gear after you know, being probably disappointed that first half and, and having some pretty strong words at half-time. 
Um, but it's how we respond to that. And it's probably, you know, there's an emotional response to that in terms of making sure that we bring the required energy. But there's also a rugby response to that in terms of is it our running game? Is it our kicking game? Do we do we go to our kick chase? Do we grind it out the set piece? You know, that'll be the really interesting bit to try and pull apart and say, well, what's actually in our control in terms of giving us that extra gear second half? Because I know we've got it, but it's just making sure we're all aligned in terms of that plan on it. Yeah. Just one for me, um, Joey Dyson feared himself to the crowd the way he was kicking out there and managed to win man of the match even though after a trial score slightly sitting beside you. Not sure how he managed to do that. Um, what from a technical point of view, like did he did he do what you wanted him to do now, uh, what you were expecting? Yeah, I think now that Joe's had this period, this is where the, you know, there are some real positives to the, the long pre season that we've had. Um, you know, Joe's had that period to to condition himself physically to, to the stage where he can really contribute in terms of the tempo that we want to play the game at. Um, he's also in a position to, to learn our systems and, and, and build some of those relationships and, and connections with the guys around him um, and actually build up some match fitness. And I, I think for Joe, particularly over the last sort of four to six weeks once we've been in these pre-season games, he, he's got better with every opportunity. And I think um, you know today we saw some examples of the, the real qualities we saw when we, we were looking at him when he was still playing for Bristol and that he can bring that enormous physicality and presence to a forward pack or a, or a defence. Um, but he also has a, you know, a soft touch on the ball and if he needs to link play and, um, and, and, and help other guys find space, he's got that ability to do it as well. So I'm delighted for him. I think it, you know, it would have meant a lot to him to get off to such a good start in front of his, his new sort of home supporters. I, I think that's massive. Um, and and so that I think he'll continue to, to get better and better and, and probably then you know, on the back of that, we'll start to see his leadership around the group as well, which is a you know an enormous part of his um, you know his qualities. So delight for Joe, and, and you know we'll, we'll watch him watch him as we go. Kaelin, three tries, a Connacht win, um, captain today. So yeah, pretty pretty good day to start the the new season, long season. Uh, it's been a long wait for it, but it's up and running now. Yeah, look, delighted. Um, Obviously, there's bits that we're going to look back on on Monday and we'll we'll pick them apart, but I think, for the most part, absolutely delighted. We had a good few debutants today with Tom Farrell with his 100th cap. Very good crowd here. Um, so, yeah, look, delighted with the start. We, we'll go again next week. Yeah, it's three home games, so it's it's a different challenge to last year when it was three away games, but now there is a pressure on to win these games, to, to, to sort of get your season off to a really solid solid beginning so next week will probably take care of itself what do you think you look back from the second half was there a slightly slow reaction to them upping a gear or was the concentration for the first game of the season maybe slightly off um it's hard to say now um we had one or two unforced errors um i suppose you go in i think it was 27 five um did we expect it to just happen again maybe um Something we we'll look back on and, and we'll definitely learn from. Um, I'm kind of happy that there were things that weren't weren't good, or I'm happy it wasn't perfect because you can you can work hard next week. Um, yeah, we we'll look back. There was a little bit of a wind. I'm not, I'm not saying it, the conditions were very good for for the sports ground. <laughs> that could have had a little bit of a factor. I think the Ospreys played a little bit differently in the second half and they maybe caught us caught us off guard for the first ten minutes. Um, but yeah, look, we'll look back at that. But. Yeah, I said it to Pete before you came in there that maybe in some ways you will gain from the second half having to put in, you know, if you say you doubled the score and you'd won 57 or 54, 15 or something, 
you wouldn't have had the defensive effort, but actually you had to reorganise and really dig in. Um, that might stand to you in a game like next week or when Ulster come down here. It's, there's always a potential to, to learn from in the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the ball was in play quite a lot as well. Um, we'll look back at the numbers in the GPS and see, see are, are we fit or do we need to work harder? Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I suppose, as, as a nine, I'll speak with JJ, Jack... Colm Riley, we'll sit down on Monday and we'll really we'll pick it apart like we always do. Whether you win or lose, that's what you do. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get the learnings on Monday and Tuesday we'll we'll put it to put it to bed and we'll go again for for next week. JJ outside you today. I don't know how many out half partners you've had. We'll get we'll get our <laughs> stato man here to, yeah. to have that one for next week. Uh, how did you find linking with him? Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I think JJ. He's been amazing since he's come in here. Um, he's extremely experienced. He's been in a good few places, which is which is so good because I've been in Connacht all my life. I do things the way we do it here, so it's just picking his brain off the field. Um, but yeah, he's he's a he's a really good ten. Um, extremely vocal. He demands exactly what I want. Someone outside me there who demands what he wants, and and I do my best to do to do to do that for him. But yeah. I suppose he's brought a little bit of a different dynamic to the tens that we've probably previously had. So, yeah, he's a really good attacker. He's a really good place kicker, as you've seen today. Um, and then, look, you have Jack coming on, who's international out half. So I think we're we're pretty happy where we are there. And Cahill forward at 12, so there was a nice linkage there. He um, he was creating really well today, as well as defending. Oh, 100%. I thought he was outstanding. Um, he's been outstanding for a while. Um He's still only pretty young, but he's a big, big man. Um, so, yeah, I think he's only going to get better. Um, what confidence is going to get from today as well. But there's, the way he created today was, it was a bit of from him, but it was from the lads around him as well. I thought Tom Farrell was exceptional as well. And with JJ, I think, had our attack moving very well in the first half. Um, forwards really fronted up, so you can see what we can do. But we just probably need to do it for 70, 75 minutes instead of... Probably fifty. <laughs> well, it's never less than interesting watching. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it gives us something to talk about. Look forward to next week, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. Thank you. You suggested that all the years that you have been here. Is there anything particularly specific this season that's, that's different that you feel you know you're going somewhere different on this journey? Hundred percent. I think you've when you've new coaching uh, staff, it freshens players. Everyone wants to make a, an impression, but they have different, I wouldn't say different styles, but they just have different uh, ways of looking at stuff. Um, I've been lucky enough to have amazing coaches here and I've developed along, but it's the same as other as other younger lads coming up. Now they can, like, I think Mark, Se- Mark Sexton, um, Scott Fardy, like he's been in so many different places. So, like, they, they've been there, done that. Um, and they and that's kind of a, a role model for us, kind of a leadership that we look look up to. And I think they've been amazing. Um, I think they've been amazing. And then obviously John Muldoon, who's a legend here. I think, uh, I think the forwards have got such a lift from from him coming back. Um, so yeah, it's early days. We'll we'll see how we're going. But I, I feel I've, I suppose every the start of every season you always have that feeling that things are going. But that actually I feel there's a tiny bit of a different feeling this this season. Um, I think it's just with the players we have, the squad depth we have, and the coaching staff. Yeah. There's one for me. You're 
you're the first person to score three hat tricks in one year. <laughs> scored them all this year. Yeah. Martin now, but it also means you've uh, jumped into third place in the all-time list above um, John Carr and a certain Kieran Marmion. <laughs> Does that make you happy? <laughs> Does um, <laughs> look? I suppose Marmo when he was here was. I remember first coming into the sports ground and looking at him, and I remember thinking to myself, "How am I gonna, how am I gonna even compete with that lad?" So I think Marmo probably doesn't know how much of an effect he had on on my career. Um, I just had to get better. I don't, I won't say I had to get as good as him because I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I'm delighted to score tries. But three tries tonight were off the back of extremely good team play. Um, I'll take the applause of, for going over the line, but they're just extremely good player from, from the whole team. And I think that's the exciting part. OK, we're in the press room afterwards. I've got Lindy McKenzie. Hi, Lindy. How do you think that went? Evening. Well, we can all be very happy, can't we? <laughs> we certainly can. We certainly can. And I have Dave Finn. You were announcing for the first, officially the first time today, I think it was, was it? Doing a good job too. Yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting. It's a very different perspective from where we are because he... I have come to I've come to a rugby ground to watch a match off a of television, which is just very strange. And also, I had Reflink, and by the standards of a Reflink game, that was very quiet. It was a very quiet game. I was impressed by the intervention of the lines of the touch judges. I have no idea what the uh, what the fourth official was in, intervening on because it was entirely in Italian, and my Italian is virtually non-existent. But I thought, in, term, in terms of, there, it, it was a. It was in terms of that perspective. It was an interesting game. In terms of the performance, oh yeah, look, it was a it was a sloppy second half. But you know, maybe maybe they did think it was a bit too easy in the first half, and they got into their heads and they got not complacent, but they just took their eye off the ball. And to be fair, this is a an Ospreys team which in the first game is already fighting for pride, and their their professional pride, their pride in their jersey came out in the second half, but they just weren't quite good enough. No, they weren't. Lindley, your thoughts? It was. The end of the first half. Letting letting Osprey score right on half time was like an irritant because it's other than that it'd been an excellent first half. And then then Connacht just didn't come out in the second half, did they? Well there was always going to be a response from the Ospreys. I mean maintaining maintaining the way they played the first half and the second half when you know there's always going to be a response and you know if it was if the boot was on the other foot mm. you would expect Connett to come out in that second half and do exactly what the Ospreys did. So they knew what so they knew what mm. was coming. Um it doesn't detract from how good that first half was because yes. I actually thought it was probably one of the best first halves of rugby I've seen from Connacht in a long time. Well, certainly you for know, the first game of the season. Like for the first, the exactly, for the first game of yeah. the season. Everyone seemed to know exactly where they were going, what they were doing, who was going to be in support. And I thought it was actually a superb game, you know, opening half of rugby to watch. Mm. Second half, obviously, it was more of it had to be more of a defensive second half. And yes, they, you know, they conceded. <coughs> excuse me, they conceded tries there. But at the end of the day, look, it it, it came to a little. There was a little bit of a squeaky bum time. Mm. There was a period there, you yeah. know, where the where, where there was. But I don't think they ever really looked like they weren't. Yeah, they weren't going to win it. I think they had enough in them. And remember, they did bring on a lot of the subs as well in the, in the second half to give them, you know, to give them some game time. So I think all in all, I think it was a very I think it was a really strong performance, and it just goes to show that if they can produce that in the first half, mm. you know, and with the, the subs that came on, I mean, you know, it's, it's it looks like a very solid 
squad and obviously you know I'm not sure I have every team's like it I know obviously Toby Booth has, has his own struggles mm. with the Ospreys at the moment but if you can produce that in the first half and with the squad that we have I think this season I think you could have produced it there obviously there are going to be bigger challenges yeah. than the Ospreys so let's just say it's a good it was a good opening match they scored this number of tries um everyone basically got an opportunity of of the you know of the squad that was on the pitch to got an opportunity to show off uh, to you know perform perform yeah. and you know all in all i think you know they should go away very happy tonight they should indeed anyone in particular like joe joyce and during the as you might have heard earlier in the podcast i was talking about i was looking forward to joe joyce and he certainly um <laughs> made a good impression oh, he made an incredible impression on max nagy um <laughs> Wow, what a tackle. Um, that's, it's the, it's the, lock is not a sexy position. It's the big lad or the tall lad. And the big lad, the tall lad can do things like what Nile Murray does and just stick his hands up and just tomahorn down as much as he They just basically are giraffes with brilliant, brilliant hands. But what Joe Joyce is that other type of lock who does the gnarly, nasty, pushing guys off rocks, pushing guys in, off in through malls, uh, pushing, disrupting malls, uh, making the big hits in the middle. Um, he's not. You're, if Joe Joyce ever runs in from fifty yards, I think this place will collapse from shock. He's not that type of lock, but he does the jobs that have to be done, and then he puts in a tackle like the one he put on Nash, and it was just it lit the crowd up because he's an old. I'm not saying he's, he's, he's a throwback to a different age where all your locks had to do was hit people hard. Now, he's got more than that. He clearly has more than yeah. that because he's a professional rugby player. But that fundamentally, if you nail it down to what is his core attribute, that's what it is. And we've needed that. Because our locks are brilliant in the lineup. They're brilliant around the pitch. But when it comes to that nasty, mm-hmm. like, nuggety work, they're just not built that way. They're all kind of a bit... Devin Toner-esque yes. and he's bring something different to the ballpark and he encouraged the other guys because suddenly a lot of the tackles in that first half like I say his was the most outstanding but there was an awful lot yeah Jack um, Angel was, was Jack, smashing people as well and Jack's another you know Jack's, an, Jack's another guy who yeah he went through that mad try scoring phase at the start of last season but Jack's another guy who's a bit more of a, a traditional style of what his position should be but he was doing stuff off the ball as well and we know that should Joe set up Caelan for one of his tries. But, um, yeah, the pack, were, the pack as a unit were excellent. I don't think, apart, Joe stood out, but I don't think there was anybody, anybody else was lower or higher. I think it was yeah. a, a, a united so, effort. And I think Joe gets mad at the match as a reward for the fact that the pack dominated in the first half. I would point out, and I meant to say it to Caelan, the first time that there was, the watch was stopped in the first half was on 39 minutes and 17 seconds. Those boys put in, there was a lot of running around in that first half. Mm. There was, Lindy, was there? There was one stage, <laughs> there was one stage, I think it was in the, yeah, it was in the second half. I picked up the mic to do the, the, the 60 minute bit with Danny. I think I picked it up on 59.20 and said, right, we'll be ready for this. And we got to talk on 62.40 or something. So there was an awful mm. lot of rugby. Mm. And <laughs> one stage we were missing the scrum half and, and JJ ran in to be scrum half and he's shouting at the forwards, come in, come in, come in. And they're looking at him going, just kick it out. You know, because they, they, there was a, an awful lot of ball and play time. There was, and I think when you're talking about Joe Joyce, I think what he has is you can't not... You can't not see him on the pitch. Yes. He's ever present. He yes. has a huge presence. And I think that possibly 
we haven't we haven't had as you know as mm. Dave says we haven't had that sort of presence possibly in the pack for for a while mm. probably maybe not since the John Muldoon era in some mm. ways yep. that's the I can there's probably been more people but when I look back mm. you know the, those people who make a presence and they're always there and they're involved in everything mm-hmm. and I think he's he particularly stood out I think possibly. It must be the Connemara blood in him, I'm presuming. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Lindley, absolutely. And JJ, as, 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 yes, there was a little bit of a breeze blowing today, but six out of six is a nice way for JJ to start um, and, and seem to be a nice calming influence out there. Yeah, I think it's actually, you know, just talking to um, Pete Wilkins there about, about um, JJ, it's probably the first time in a long time that we've, that we've actually had, I think, a couple of out-halves who can interchange. Mm. And I think that Jack Carty has taken a huge load, a huge load in the last, you know, six, eight, how many years that he's been here, he's like ever present. Mm. And I think, you know, I think that's probably taken a lot of the shine and maybe taken a little bit of a toll on him, but he has always had to be in that position and he's had a huge responsibility there. And I think what you might get to see now is... A jack with a lighter a lighter load, you know, yeah. um, and he might come into that game. Possibly, he might shine more than he has before. Um, but I think it's great that now you have two out halves who can who can slot into that position. And JJ Hanrahan's obviously he's a very experienced player, and and I think that's exactly what Connett needed. Yeah, I think that was the, the perfect start to the season for us, and we're been firing out our podcast all this week so we're going to keep this one nice and short I think we've, we're quite happy anything you want to add at the, the very end there Dave any other business or the only thing I'll mention is the, these first few rounds there is a case to be said there's actually been too much rugby scheduled for this time of year I mean mm-hmm. we've got we've got our own games the, the Premiership in the UK started last week top 14 has been going on for how long there's a small matter of the Rugby World Cup semi-final that we have I compl- because of something else I completely missed last night looks like I missed a, a, a not a particularly good game of rugby um if, even though it was a good all-backs performance. But we've also got the WXV is on at the moment, and that's got lost. That has got completely lost. Um, Another good win for Ireland. But yeah, I think possibly there's a little bit of a scheduling crisis in terms of why there's way too much rugby being on. But hey, better, better lots of rugby than no rugby. I mean, there's going to be periods when, it, you know, I hate the summer. Especially because Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, there's no there's no there's no team sports, and quite frankly, after a while, Gat can get a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lindley, we'll finish up. Do you have any anything you want to finish off the podcast with today? Maybe just to wish the All Blacks all the best of luck in what is going to be a a really 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 tough final. One way or the other, because we don't know who's won it. As we record this, we're still before the, the semi-final, but mm. we're assuming the mm. South Africans are going to beat England. But hopefully it'll be a much better game than the game I gave up on after 20 minutes last night. I did. It was, it was over. The game was over. It was obvious that New Zealand were going to run away with it. There was no, it wasn't competitive. Can I point out, that wasn't the All Blacks' fault. <laughs> No, no, no. I wasn't. No, I wasn't blaming the All Blacks. No, I wasn't. I was just saying I like competitive rugby. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting because you know if it if it is and everyone is assuming mm-hmm. that it's going to be South Africa, you are going to have pretty much two different types of team playing on that on that pitch. Best of luck to the All Blacks, as I called them for once. <laughs> All right, we we'll leave it there, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out, or nothing changes. Side. Until